You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. That's my co-host, Daniel Hargrove, and MVP of the number one ranked adult three-on-three basketball tournament team in all of Grace Harbor. I am his co-host, Justin Domashevitz. We also have our trusty producer, Andrew Gross, here with us. And we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff today, including a good recap of the district boys wrestling meet. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about this because we haven't heard much about wrestling all year long. Also, I might not be the MVP, but yes, we, we're the best. I can just say that. And yeah. Number one ranked. Yeah, number one ranked. I mean, if we're doing in power rankings, we're definitely at the top of the list. <laughs> let's get it going with the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball around. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet Buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Gonzaga Post Drew Timmy recently announced that he will be returning for another season with the Bulldogs. The Zags also have a tremendous incoming recruiting class, which includes top overall prospect Chet Holmgren. Justin, what can we expect from Gonzaga next season? I mean, the Zags are going to be really good, and just like every time the Zags have a top talent level team, you can just go ahead and chalk them up for a championship game loss. Daniel, should former Coug, current Jacksonville Jaguar, Gardner Minshew give up his number 15 for recently added star Tim (laughs) Tebow? Heck no! (laughs) But you love Tebow. The Portland Trailblazers evened up their series with the Denver Nuggets with a home win on Saturday. Damian Lillard scored just 10 points and made just one shot from the field in the contest. Justin, should Blazers fans be worried about their star point guard? If that was a trend, I'd say yes, but going into it, Dame was one of just a handful of players in history who have started a playoff series scoring 35 points and getting 10 assists in each of the first three games. This is a blip on the radar, and I think Blazers fans should actually feel encouraged that Dame could have a game where he's off and the other guys around him step up to help the team not just win, but win in a blowout. The Norman Powell trade, that experiment seems to be working right now that Powell can step up and hit shots in a game where Dane's a little bit off. ESPN's Diana Rossini reported on Sunday that the Seattle Seahawks have had conversations (laughs) with the Atlanta Falcons about trading for wide receiver Quintoris Jones. Rossini also (laughs) said that Russell Wilson and Quintoris have talked about playing together. Daniel, would you like to see this trade happen? I mean, if I was building a Madden team, I would love to see this trade happen. Real life, not so much. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I expected that to be longer. Sorry. No, it wasn't. Uh, we can get into Why it Why do you now, hate though. Julio Jones, Daniel? Well, first of all, his real name's Quintoris. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, no, I don't hate that used Julio. To be like, that, my best memory of that is that used to be like the piece of trivia that Daniel loved to tell you that he knew. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> did you know? <laughs> hey, 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 did you know Julio's real name is Quintoris? <laughs> Literally uh, the only reason I would ever know that. <laughs> <laughs> Quintoris. Uh, I mean, no, t- okay, so 
every it seems like every time there's a receiver who is being talked about or a tight end or any one of these things, we see a report that Russell Wilson and him have talked about how cool it would be if they played together. I literally think he's talking to every great receiver and being like, hey, man, you know it would be really cool if we played together. Wouldn't that be cool? I think that would be really cool. <laughs> hey, are you at the Pro Bowl? We should play together. That would be cool. That doesn't sound like Russell at all. Okay, well, you want to give me the actual impre- impression? No, but, but we, hear, we hear Russ at the beginning of the two-minute drill every, every time. Everyone knows what Russ sounds like, and that doesn't sound like that, Daniel. Yeah, that's Is him. Is what Russ sounds like? That's him giving a cadence, though, when he's trying to act cool and talk to somebody who's definitely cooler than him. He'd be like, hey, bro. Wow, now you're saying he's not cool? Hey, bro, um, can, would you Jeez. like to play on my team? No, okay. You just made Russell Wilson the nerd of the NFL. I did, or well, Russell Wilson made himself the nerd of the NFL. He is pretty cringy. I'll come give on, you that. come on, let get. Come on. Also, the of course the Seahawks are having talks <laughs> with the Falcons about this. You know what the talks are? They're like, hey, we got a warm Coke and a bag of like stale chips, Fritos. Is, is that is I that good was... enough? No, no, okay. Good talk. Well, so that was the talk. So they've this has come up on Seattle radio because every time there's a great player that's on the trade block, all of the local team radio stations everywhere go, "Oh, what if he came to our team?" So sure. it's normal that they've sure. had this conversation. Of course. So John Clayton, who is, I mean, he's Seattle based, but he's more of just like an NFL insider around the league, has been insistent repeatedly that nobody's going to give up a first round pick for Julio Jones. He thinks he can be had for a second round pick. I mean, it makes sense because he might get hurt. Like, he's kind of an injury risk. Well, hearing well, plus, Brock Heward talk about it, it's basically his hamstrings are being held together by, like, literal hamstring right now. <laughs> so Sounds like my hamstrings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andrew, I think you had... What were you trying to say? Oh, I was... It, part of that, too, is that he's made so clear that he wants to get traded. Like, yeah. that... Yeah, removes, they don't have much leverage. Exactly. Yeah, I just I feel like it's weird to think that the Seahawks are going to bring in another wide receiver when they already have potentially the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, and they just spent their highest draft pick on another receiver that seems that he would have the skills to play the slot position. But I, I think, you know, this is one thing that Andrew likes to constantly remind us about is that it is literally the GM's job to have conversations about every possible thing that could make the team better. So... The thought that John Clayton and Pete Carroll have had discussions with the Falcons about trading John Schneider. John Schneider, yeah. What did I say? John Clayton. Yeah, John John <laughs> Schneider and Pete Carroll have had conversations with the Falcons about this trade shouldn't surprise us. But if the Seahawks give up a significant amount of capital to get him, that should be surprising because it's not really addressing something that's a big need. And in addition, they don't have salary cap room, so they no. would have to create it. I guess the one part of that would be everyone keeps saying that if they want to create more cap space, the the one thing really left to do is to re restructure Russ's deal, give him a little bit more of a signing bonus, and you're not really saving cap money in the long run. You're just kicking the can down the road, but it could free up cap space immediately. So there's a chance that they could make this happen, but probably would end up being you know Russ having to make some kind of sacrifice and wouldn't be a monetary sacrifice. He'd still be getting lots of money. It would be more like um, sacrifice for freedom down the road. It would lock him in a little bit longer. 
into the deal that he's in. So, I mean, it's possible. And if it happens, I'm going to be excited if Julio Jones is. But I don't want to see them giving up a first-round pick for him. No, no. I, I mean, I would be excited as well. But then I would be nervous battered fan syndrome like oh his hamstrings are gonna explode like in preseason so i would be very worried i don't think <laughs> i'd even be i don't even think ever. i'd be excited you just and i'll tell worried. you why because they haven't signed jamal adams yet that that is worrying me and if they tie up more if they start moving money around and and committing to julio jones i would be my immediate thought would be, oh, I wonder if they're going to get something done with Jamal. Right now, as things are, I'm not worried about it because I think they're just like, this is, I think they're just doing the Seahawks thing where they just tell, yeah, this is this is what we're going to give you. And then they wait and then eventually it happens. But the salary cap thing is really just a now problem because in the next couple of years, the salary cap is going to go up, back up a lot. It's really low now because of the lost revenue from no fans in the stands and other COVID-related reasons last season. So I, I don't – it's really more of an immediate issue. I think next year and the year after you have less to worry about. And I don't think the Jamal Adams contract is going to come down to him getting money that's going to hit the cap this year. The money that he gets is going to be extension money, so it's going to be more over the next two or three years. So I, I don't think those two things are necessarily tied together. Okay. Well, I could be wrong about. I that. will want you to explain that in great detail over I, and over if this happens. The, I think the hang-up <laughs> on the Jamal Adams contract is more just that the Seahawks, reportedly, the Seahawks want to pay him like the best safety in the league, and his agent slash him think that he should be paid somewhere between a safety and a pass rusher, which is which is about is like a six million dollar gap. Yeah, b- between what the best pass rushers get and what the best safeties get. So most well, likely, also he shouldn't get what the best pass rushers get because he wasn't the best pass rusher. He was the best true. pass rusher on the Seahawks. True, but his nine and a half sacks weren't near the total of whoever led the league in sacks. I feel like the Jamal. Most, the most likely scenario <laughs> is that he's probably going to get something in the ballpark of like seventeen million dollars a year, which is about a million more than what the top safety contract would be, but it's significantly less than what a top pass rusher gets. So I. I, I don't feel urgently worried about that, but it you know every day that goes by is another day that if they let Jamal Adams wiggle away, like if they don't lock him down, then that trade is going to feel really dumb, especially since they didn't yeah. have any playoff success with him last year. Yes. Yep. yep. Anything else from the two-minute drill you want to get into? You want to talk Zags or I want to talk about Tim. I thought you would want Tim Tebow to have his number 15. <laughs> no. What? What if we stipulate that Tebow has made the team and is a tight end? Is Gardner Minshew not on the team? No, I'm then I, no. Okay, okay. He he had that number first. I mean, if Tebow wants to buy it from him for like oodles of money, then oodles, oodles, oodles of two oodles. If if he wants to buy it from him and go the normal route, yes. But Gardner Minshew is a legend in his own right. <laughs> and he should not be giving up his number for some old legend. This is that's the meanest thing I've ever heard you say about <laughs> Tim Tebow. He's an old legend. Really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said some pretty mean things last week about him, but I, I just wasn't listening. Apparently, <laughs> you you usually don't. Yeah. Any you don't want to talk about the Blazers or anything? I mean, I mean, 
it's two it's two to two. I feel like this series has gone pretty predictably. Like these two teams are both good. Yeah, it's they gonna bo- go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a little worrying to me as a Blazers fan, because if you think about it, if the Nuggets still had Jamal Murray, holy crap. Yeah. This I, wouldn't even be close. Well, and I would have been really worried. I think I felt significantly better knowing that Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray was out. Because if they had him, because previously when the Blazers had that series against the Nuggets that went seven and they won... That was before Jamal Murray had really emerged into a star, and he they was didn't kind have, of starting, yeah, to like just in starting that to get there. And then yeah. they didn't have Michael Porter Jr. yet, and that's another guy who's been a really big scorer and a great outside shooter for them. So, I I feel I feel like the Blazers are the better team. I feel like they proved that in this win because even though Dame was off shooting, and I feel that he recognized he was just off shooting because. He shot three times, I think, in the second half. Wow. He didn't shoot very much at all after a certain point. He was deferring. But then as he was deferring, all the guys around him just stepped up. Nurk in the first half offensively was a beast. Um, CJ was just throughout the course of the game randomly coming up, making big shots, doing great things with the ball in his hands. And Powell was just great throughout the whole game. The one thing about Norman Powell, and as I feel like the Norman Powell experiment in this trade is really starting to feel like it was worth it is seeing the variety of ways he can score. Because I thought he was just a shooter. He's actually really good at getting to the basket. He's explosive. He's really good at getting fouled, too. Okay. Um, But he's a lot stronger than I realized he was. He's a good free throw shooter. I think he adds an element to the team offensively that Gary Trent just flat out didn't. So, you know, you can have him step up in a situation like that when Dame's a little off. And uh, I think it was an encouraging game for the Blazers, and I think this is going to be a really entertaining series down the road. And plus, he's not a dookie. Yeah. So. Got rid of two dookies in that trade. That's good. It was a good trade dookie-wise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a good trade It is now going to be time for Justin's favorite part of the show. Oh, are we not going to Are we not going to run over poll results? Yeah, we're going to. Andrew! Andrew Elliot Gross! Andrew's middle name is Elliot? <laughs> I it couldn't is. put it on there. I had to just slip it in some point. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Justin. Justin. It's yes. time for Stump Justin It now. is time for Stump Justin. Sorry, Andrew. There was no way you could have known where that was going, but I feel like you should have been prepared that it was going to go somewhere randomly instead of being like, oh, Daniel's bringing it up. No, we should do something else that's obviously on the list. And and I apologize for just <laughs> assuming that you were at the wrong spot in the, play sh- in the show sheet. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if I was at you know the wrong what? spot. Andrew, it's not in there. Andrew, thank you for apologizing. You should be sorry. That was all right, it is time for hmm, revenge. So this is what happens when I text you and say I didn't come up with anything yes. this week and I want to skip Stump Daniel. Exactly. I, I don't think that's, I think it was you admitting that you were brain fried. Daniel was like, ooh, an opportunity. <laughs> could have played into it. Yeah, because if you had just shown up and not given me any time to prepare and been like, ah, I don't think we should do Stump Daniel. I'd been like, okay, you know, that's all right. It doesn't yeah. matter. But you gave me time. I shouldn't have forewarned you. And, yes. and the bottom line here is that this segment is sponsored. Oh, yeah. And by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. And we don't want to let our sponsor down yes. and not have a stump segment. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> 
So, Justin. Yes. Uh, over the years. <laughs> this segment is a lot less fun when we do it this yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> over the years, the North Carolina Tar Heels have had a decent amount of first round draft picks. Okay. Right? Yeah. And they have had also a decent amount of top 10 first round draft picks. Okay. So that is what today is going to be about. North Carolina Tar Heels top 10 draft picks. Okay. Of football, of course. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not basketball, because gross. <laughs> okay. Gosh. I, I need to cut that that sound right there. <laughs> All right. So that took a turn I was not expecting. Yeah. <laughs> I was already just starting to run through all of the yes. Tar Heels on the basketball team that were picked in, in the top 10. That's where that, I was hoping you were going. That wouldn't be very stumpy then, would it? <laughs> so the reason I was going to do just all all of the first round draft picks but the Tar Heels football team actually had more than I thought they did they had 24 first round draft picks in history wow. um so the way this is going to be scored because it can't be stump daniel without being scored oddly or stump justin it can't be a stumping segment without being scored weird <laughs> okay so you're going to get 3 hints okay the first one is going to be what year and pick it was okay the second one is going to be what position the player played Ooh. Okay. And the third one is going to be the team and if I have any extra hints, which I don't for many of them. Okay. <laughs> um, also, this goes all the way back to 1965. Oh, yeah. So the last three, those the ones un, um, before 1981, they have a three times multiplier on it. Oh, nice. Why'd you have to be nice. so complicated yeah. with the scoring? <laughs> right? So... Normally, you have a max of three points if you get it on the first one, two points if you get it on the second one, one point if you get it on the on the last one. Okay. But for anything before 1981, it's nine points, six points, or three points okay. that it's worth. And how, if, ma- how many points does he need to get out of the dookie zone? If, okay, oh. see, I'm a little generous. <laughs> I think I might be too generous on this because he only needs... Seven points to get out of the Dookie zone. Oh. Oh. He needs 12 points to get out of the Red Raider zone, <laughs> which that was another thing. I feel like I'm being kind of generous with the zones because there's only one bad one, but that bad one is so bad. And he starts there. Yes. He starts off in the so Dookie I'm in zone. It now. You're in the Dookie zone. You need 24 or 25 points to get out of the Rainbow Warrior zone and to get into the Tar Heel zone. Yes, the Tar Heel zone is 25 to 48 points. Max of 48 oh points here. Those multipliers really kicked it up a notch yeah. was what happened. Okay, so are you ready? Justin. Yes. We're going to start. with This should be fairly easy start because we're going to start with the most recent. Okay? So the for three points, the year and the pick. It was 2017 when this player was drafted with the number o- number two overall draft pick. Mitchell Trubisky. Yes, it is Mitchell Trubisky. That's he my guy. is a quarterback. He's my hero. He was drafted by the Chicago Bears, and despite making the Pro Bowl in 2018, he now sucks. He's going to be a backup quarterback. <laughs> He's going to be a backup quarterback and make millions of dollars to not get hit for the rest of his career. All right. Pew, pew. 
So you got the maximum three points on your first one there, Justin. So you are halfway out of the dookie zone. Okay. So in 2014, this was the 10th overall draft pick. 2014, your beloved Tar Heels had this player. Is it Eric Ebron? It is Eric Ebron. Well done. I was just starting to think that I might have made this too hard. I'm, it's going to be tough sledding. <laughs> tough. That it's was a good one. Going well done. So you are currently, only, you only need one more point to get out of the dookie zone. Oh, thank God. Nobody likes to be in the dookie zone. <laughs> it stinks in there. <laughs> okay. I feel like I'm going to be running through the dookie zone. I'm just going to get tripped by Grayson Allen at some point. <laughs> And stomped on by Christian Leitner. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, those two would be a great tag team wrestling duo. <laughs> One will trip you, the other stomps on you. Yeah, but it, they would only be able <laughs> to be Dookie successful brothers. if the person was vulnerable and didn't know what was coming. Did you say Dookie Brothers? Did. Yeah. The Dookie Brothers. Okay. Okay, in 2013, Justin. This player was taken with the seventh overall pick. Wow. In 2013, this UNC Tar Heel was taken with the seventh overall pick. Okay, I'll take a hint. You'll take a hint? Yeah. He was a guard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this one's rough. (laughs) I'll take another hint. Okay, he was drafted to the Arizona Cardinals, and he must have been kind of a bust because... He did not make it to the Pro Bowl, which was kind of the first thing I looked at. Was it JoJo McGillicuddy? No, it was not JoJo McGillicuddy. Is that a real name? Is that a real person? No. Okay. good. No, it was Jonathan Cooper. How could you forget about Jonathan Cooper? Cooper? He was so good. He was drafted in the top ten. I don't remember him (laughs) at all. Okay. So, you get z- Justin. Yeah. Justin. Yes. You get zero points there. Okay. You know what oh. that means? What? You're still in the dookie zone. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang it. Gosh. Stinky down there. Okay. This 2002. We might be in the dookie zone again. 2002. This UNC Tar Heel was taken with the number six overall draft pick. Ooh. Can I have the position? <laughs> yes, he was a defensive tackle. <laughs> Actually, okay. Uh, yes, okay, I'll start with this one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> defensive tackle. Defensive tackle in 2002. Drafted sixth overall. And it is most recent, so it makes sense that this one would. Yeah. My order is correct. Defensive tackle. Yes. Is it Jimmy Lipper? Are you no. making up names again? Was that a real name? No, I made that up. Okay. Well, you have another you have another <laughs> clue, so I'm not sure I if I should know. give it to you since you threw out a name. <laughs> okay, give it, give it to okay. me. Okay. He was drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs, and he was not the only person from that defensive line drafted in the top ten of that year. Yeah, I have no idea. Ryan Sims. I don't remember him. Ryan <laughs> like Sims. Even a little bit. Must have been a big bust. Yeah. Drafted sixth overall, no Pro Bowls. Mm. So in 2002, mm-hmm. same year, mm-hmm. second overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. 
Is it Julius Peppers? It is. If you weren't gonna get that one, I was gonna slap you oh, in the face. Oh, he got out of the <laughs> he got out of the Dookie Zone. He's out of the Dookie Zone. Okay. How I feel, does it feel like a great weight has been lifted off of my shoulders you, now. You're in the Red Raider zone. Okay. You're just chilling there with Patrick Mahomes. Ooh. He's just yelling Wes at Welker. you in that weird voice. Patrick Mahomes and Wes Welker yeah. just hanging out in the Red Raider zone. Welker's just dropping things, and Patrick Mahomes is yelling at you in that weird <laughs> Kermit the Frog voice. Okay. Yes. okay. What's Cliff Kingsbury doing in this zone? <laughs> Combing his hair. Okay. Graham Harrell? Is Graham Harrell there? Yeah, I don't know enough about okay. Graham Harrell. How about okay. Crabtree? That sorry wide receiver. Yeah, I remember Crabtree. that. Yeah. Okay. Just pulling people's chains. Yes. Okay. So in 1998, Justin, this player, this North Carolina Tar Heel, was taken with the eighth overall draft pick. I'll take a hint. He played defensive <laughs> end. I'll take another hint. And he was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. He did not go to the Pro Bowl, so he must have been kind of a bust. Uh, if you need another hint, I feel like with some of these, I should give you another hint. Okay, hit me. Uh, his first name starts with G. <laughs> oh, that one's JoJo McGillicuddy. No. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, it's <laughs> terrible guess. <laughs> That's my line. Greg Ellis. You don't remember Greg Ellis? I do not. Gosh, I thought you were this Tar Heels fan. What the heck? Well, I only pay attention to football when they're good. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you didn't get Ryan Sims, both him and Julius Pepper. They must have been pretty good that year. Yeah, they were okay. They both got drafted in the top ten. They were decent. Okay. In this this one, this one's a good one. In 1981, there was a big jump there. Mm -hmm. North Carolina must have really gone downhill between 1981 and 1998. Mm-hmm. Although they did have a year that had like they had like five or six people drafted, it was it looked like a good draft class. Anyway, uh, this player was drafted in 1981 with the second overall draft pick. Yeah, this is probably going to be the only other one I get. Is it Lawrence Taylor? It is okay. Lawrence Taylor. Uh, so three points there. Sadly, I had for I had no idea that he was a Tar Heel. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I looked this up and I was like, I wonder who the best players that Tar Heels had. And I was like, Oh, Julius Peppers. Oh. Oh, maybe the greatest defensive player of all time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why kudos Tar, Tar Heels fans love to brag about how many goats we have. Yeah. How many goats do you have? Well, it depends on your definition of goat, <laughs> but you got Lawrence Taylor and Michael Jordan just right off the bat. Okay. But a lot of people are putting Roy Williams in that category. Yeah. There's also people from other sports as well, like Mia Hamm. Mia Hamm is a is a Tar Heel. Okay. Potential goat. Yeah. I, I would I would throw in there Dustin Ackley, not. Just throwing that. <laughs> also a Tar Heel. <laughs> I was like Tar Heel. How about Kyle Seeger? <laughs> He's good. Might, <laughs> might be one of the best Mariners of all time. Just by sheer longevity. I, I have okay. a feeling that the rest of this list, I'm not going to know yeah. any of the names. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're not a true fan? <laughs> but you get three times multiplier here. <laughs> the, that one that I just got happened before I was born. I think I should get extra all right. credit for that. It, yeah, but come on, that was Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna combine the first two draft pit, the first two hints. Okay. In 1975, with the third overall pick, this guard was taken from the North Carolina Tar Heels. Anthony Munoz. Oh, nailed it. No, not even close. Okay. Terrible <laughs> guess. He was drafted by the Baltimore Colts. Okay. 
Still nothing. Okay, it's Ken Huff. Oh, oh, oh Ken I Huff. Ken Huff. Oh. oh. Okay, 1971. I'm just gonna give you all the clues because you have no clue. You don't know what's going on. Here. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. I'm In gonna 1971, get this, one. this player was a running back. He was drafted also by the Baltimore Colts with the second overall pick. This running back in 1971. Walter Payton. Negative. You're just saying people who weren't even playing at North Carolina. <laughs> All right. Who is it? It was Don McCauley. Oh. Good old Donnie McCauley. Yeah. All right. Last one. And he must have been kind of a bust. No Pro Bowls. In 1965, this running back was taken with the second overall pick by the San Francisco 49ers, and he, won, he went to the Pro what Bowl. Tar Heels running back was taken second overall. He went to the Pro Bowl in 1965, <laughs> 66, 68, and 69. Hold on. Rudy Johnson. No. My, my phone just pulled up the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> roster after what I said into it. Come on, Siri. Well done, Siri. Pull your head out no. of your charger port. The answer is Ken Willard. And he was pretty good. He went to the Pro Bowl four times. Nice. Uh, so, Justin, Goat. doing some quick math here. It's not hard to do because you did not score that many points. Wrestling paper, wrestling, wrestling paper. Wrestling paper, wrestling paper. You scored 12 points, which puts you... Oh, you did not make it out of the Red Raider zone. I Or should I be generous? There, I mean, it was you're right on the border of Red Raider and Rainbow Warrior. I'm pretty sure you're on the uh, Red He's Raider zone. He's a Red Rainbow Raider. I think if, Warrior Raider. if we're grading on a curve... I did about as well as someone like me could expect to have done. So, F. <laughs> Again, grading on a curve. <laughs> Let's call it a B. All right, so you got... I was, I was impressed with Eric Ebron. Nailed that one. Thank you. No clue, no hints besides the first one. Uh, and you did get... You got every... See, that was the thing. You got everybody I would have expected you to get. Yeah. But nothing. You didn't get one point on anybody else. You didn't even guess an actual... Now that I think about it, you didn't even guess an actual name for any of the other ones. I couldn't think of any. I mean, you you don't know the greatness of JoJo McGillicuddy. I mean, that guy... And, and you know what? When Jimmy Lipper played for the Tar Heels back in the that decade... Back in good 1982. Old days, that decade that he played in, man, that guy was beasting all over everybody. JoJo McGillicuddy <laughs> and Jimmy Lipper, those two guys those together, two guys they combined. owned the ACC. Absolutely. Owned it. Okay. Anyway, you're in the Red Raiders zone. Thank you, you barely got out of the Dookie zone. But I feel pretty good. I feel I think I did I think okay. I did just fine. And that resounding episode of Stump Justin was brought to you by the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. <laughs> so now we can move on to the poll results. Sorry. How, so here's here's my question to you, Daniel, because yes. you have so much more experience in this than I do. Yeah. After we do stump Daniel, like near the beginning of the show, mm-hmm. it's def- <laughs> it's like a really deflating experience. So how do you then summon the energy to continue with some kind of a positive tone? It's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. Usually, finergy at that point. Yeah, it's fake, fake en- energy. Yeah, fake energy. I'm just really trying to. 
Just fake it put, till I make it at that a, point. Put a okay. brave face on it. Yep. Just grin and bear it. Just <laughs> grin and bear it. Oh, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that smarts. <laughs> are we ready to go through the poll results? Yes. Okay. So these are the polls I posted last week. If you're interested in giving us some engagement on these polls, go to our Twitter page at The Scrimmage. Every week I'm going to post some polls based on things we talked about in the show. They'll run for a week, and then we'll go through the results of them the following week. There are some really interesting results here, Daniel. Okay, so. I'm excited. First poll. This was based on something that you said last week. Is Tony, oh, no. and actually I have a typo in here. So it says, <laughs> is Tony LaRus a bleephead? It's supposed to say Tony LaRussa. Is Tony LaRus a bleephead? 84% of the audience said yes. Tony LaRus is a bleephead. Yes. Next question. Does Panera Bread, now this was a good big conversation that we had. Does Panera Bread qualify as a fast food restaurant? 55% of the audience said yes. Ooh, Panera Bread wow. does qualify as a fast food restaurant. How many, how many votes were on that one? Uh, 49. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And we got uh, the next question was, do people need to calm down about the Mariners hitting struggles? 56% of the audience said no. People do not need to calm down <laughs> about oh the Mariners hitting struggles. They're going to have a long year. I, I think this is like these two polls. I did two Mariners polls here, and both of them reflect the way I think the that a battered and beaten Seattle fan base that thinks more like the way that I do, I think that this is them responding. Because the next one was, are you afraid that the Mariners are going to screw up this rebuild? Well, 72% of the audience said yes. They are afraid that the Mariners are going to screw up this rebuild. Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, then we had, how many games will it take the Blazers to beat the Nuggets? Last week, Strong Bad predicted three. Yeah, And Justin is, didn't even include that no, as an no, option in the poll. I did not, but 50% of the... I also didn't include an option that they might lose, but 50% 50, 50 of the audience thinks that it will take seven games for the Blazers to beat the Nuggets. Um, okay, this is a big one. This is based on my power ranking from last week. <laughs> Which fast food restaurant is best? The options were Panera Bread, Wendy's, Sonic Drive-In, and Dairy Queen. 37% of the audience said Wendy's. That was the winner. Nice. Um, Panera Bread and Dairy Queen tied at 24. Sonic Drive-Head. Drive-Head? Drive-Head? Drive <laughs> you I said that before, too. Did I? You said Drive-Head. <laughs> what am I And doing? I thought it sounded weird, but yeah. I couldn't place why. So moving on. We understand. You're so off kilter. <laughs> this next, I'm, it's, there's something about that Stump Justin segment that just leaves you a little battered. Uh, here's the next question, because I realized that when you said that someone was a bleephead in last week's episode, I thought you were talking about Tony LaRussa. You weren't. You were actually talking about Alex Rodriguez. So when I listened back to the show and I heard that, I posted, is Alex Rodriguez a bleephead? 74% of the audience said yes. Here we go. Next question. This is something you said last week, Daniel. Is Burger King usually underrated in fast food rankings? 63% of the audience said no. Oh. It is not usually underrated. People were not into yeah. the Burger King selection. Yeah, I think it's underrated. Next question. Is Aaron Rodgers a bleephead? <laughs> <laughs> we were... We had a... <laughs> We had a theme and we're sticking to it. <laughs> I'm noticing a theme, yeah. Well, 57% of the audience said no. What? Aaron Rodgers is not a bleephead. What? Next is question. It is it because they're just trying to get him to... I, is, I think it, if I had said something more 
uh, more tame. Like, is Aaron Rodgers arrogant or whiny, smarmy or smug? We might have gotten a high percentage of yeses, but a bleep (laughs) head is probably a little too strong for what most people feel about him. Hmm. Uh, Okay, final poll result. Fair enough. This is a big one for me. Is Shannon Sharp a bleep head? (laughs) 67% of the audience (laughs) said yes, he is. That's all the polls. Oh, there's some good polls in there. There's a lot of bleep heads. The, the bleep head theme is a good one. <laughs> I like Aaron the fact Rogers, that... <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers the only one that was not yes. decided to be? Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah. yes. And the one that was overwhelmingly considered to be a bleep head was Tony LaRuss. Yeah. <laughs> Tony LaRuss is a total bleep head. Total bleep head. Maybe we should have a new segment on the show called, Is This Person a Bleep Head? <laughs> Hey, Siri, make a note. New segment idea. Is this person a bleep head? There we go. Your, did your phone do anything? Yeah. It made a note. Did it? Yeah. It pulled up it the said, San Francisco. It didn't say what you said, though. New segment idea. Is this person a bleep head? <laughs> Personal assistant software is changing our lives. It's pretty funny, actually, if you like, if I go through... Because I do this voice-to-text thing in my notes all the time. Yeah. Some of them are pretty funny. Like, <laughs> th- th- some of them I don't even know what they mean. Like, What ma- was that last one, though? A bleep pad? It said, new segment idea. Is this personably pad? <laughs> personably pad. Gotcha. Uh, then this other one says, Mariners have 156. <laughs> I have no idea what I was trying to say. <laughs> And here's another one. CJ McCollum says on his podcast that he will appeal to sleep with Val and Cole's Palazzo, little buddy. Well, sleep. Sleep with with Val and Cole's Palazzo. I know what you were trying to say on the other one. Yeah. The Mariners have won five of six. Oh. The Mariners Mariners have 156. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) And they're currently up four to two. Oh, they gave up two runs. Come on. Well, their pitchers are injured, right? They they had to stretch to get some pitchers, so. Yeah, Kikuchi went six and two-thirds and gave up two earned runs, so not bad. That's, yeah, that's not bad. Uh, Jared Kellenick's average is down to 123, which is actually a good segue into what we're going to talk about next, which is, Daniel, your thoughts on the Mariners. Oh. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, they're they 156. They're, According they, to my my notes, they're one fifty six. Yes, yeah. they have won five of six. If they don't blow it in this one, then they'll have won six of seven. Yes, most of those are coming against the Rangers, who are terrible. But they did take two of three from the A's, mm-hmm. which is encouraging. I think this is going to be a really streaky up and down team. And wow, it didn't take long for Andrew to yawn <laughs> on that topic. So we better move on. Andrew's had a long day. He has had. Andrew's had an extremely long day. Holy crap! Uh, so. I think this is going to be an up-and-down team. I continue to check the box scores to see what the score is and then see if Jared Kelnick got a hit. And I have been kind of uh, excited about one of those things and very disappointed on the other. But you know what? I think Kelnick uh, is going to be fine. They might have to send him back down at some point to hit like nine dingers and five at-bats. I know that's not possible, but... In AAA and then bring him back up. But 
I, I'm not worried about the future stardom of Jared Kelnick. I just think that this is his first stint up in the bigs, and not everybody is Kyle Lewis, who hits however many home runs he did and just starts off on a tear. I believe somebody said that Mike Trout was sent down twice before you he did stuck him last out. week on this podcast. I'm, I'm going to look that up because I thought <laughs> I heard it somewhere. Um, well, well, it is. I mean, you say Kikuchi. You, you mentioned it already. Six point two or six and two thirds, however you want to say it. Innings pitched and two earned runs. His his ERA is three eight eight now, which is pretty respectable. And I would imagine you expect that he's going to continue to get better. Um, you have some guys really improving, like Ty France. His batting average had taken a dive. He's back up to two fifty three now. Um, Seager hit his tenth home run today. And he's got his average at 222, which for him is probably about where he's going to cruise for most of the time now. But uh, J.P. Crawford is an interesting story, although he's 0 for 3 right now in, in Sunday's game. His average is 243, and over the last couple weeks, he's been playing really well. And I felt like there was a correlation where as soon as people started saying, yeah, there's going to be a ton of really good free agent shortstops and the Mariners are going to be buyers in the free agent market <laughs> next year. And then all of a sudden, J.P. Crawford started playing really well. Daniel, is he a good defensive player? <laughs> <laughs> you asked me that before the show. <laughs> <laughs> and I yelled sincerely, at you. I sincerely asked you yes. that before the show. I did not know the answer. I yelled at you, and then he I was apparently like, he's a gold glove. Winner. Yeah, he won yeah. the gold glove <laughs> award last year, just last year. Um, Is Kyle Lewis a good defender? I, he's all right. Okay, he's pretty good. I yeah. I what, what I have a say? bit of a question. I have not been watching games. I've just been looking at the box score. Have you been want like the thing that? I don't have the ability to judge for myself is whether the unsuccessful at bats that the young players are getting are quote good at bats or not. Oh, and I don't know. I haven't been able to. You actually haven't been watching watch. either. Okay, because yeah. so, that's because that's you need to watch about, a full at bat for that. And I've heard people saying that Kellenick Kellenick is getting good contact. And he's he's hitting into like he's putting the ball in play and getting out a lot and he's swinging at the right pitches and stuff like that. But I can't judge that for myself. And I was wondering if you had well, looked, he definitely you, you was you know. in the beginning. Like that was the the theme was hey he's getting a lot getting out a lot, but look how hard he's hitting the ball. I don't know if that's continued, but I know that he continues to not hit. And the hard part has been this past week there was a roller coaster ride because early in the week I think it was Tuesday. Wasn't it Tuesday? He had he hit a home run, and, he, and then the next game he had two hits, and everybody's like, oh, he had his first major league slump, and now he's out of it. He broke out of it. Then only he hasn't had a hit since then. Yeah. Second so major league slump. He had, yeah. <laughs> he had a day off, and then the next couple yeah. of days he hit really well, and right. everybody was like, he's going to be golden for the rest of time. You sounded exactly like Paul Gallant when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> we have way too many similarities, what? I'm telling you. All right, so Mike Trout was sent down, but it does not look like he was sent down twice. It looks like he was sent down once. He came up in 2011 and hit 220 in 40 games. In 2012, he started in the minors, and in the minor leagues, he hit 403 Mm -hmm. for 20 games, and then they brought him up. (laughs) And he's pretty much been a beast since then. So 
That tells us so that he, they need to send Kelnick down after 40 games. <laughs> well, But he should be batting 220. He'll have to improve his average to me, what's like 100 notable, points to be compared the, to Trout That was there. a different era, though. That was, back, yeah, that's that was back before pitchers were... Also, it's probably not really yeah. fair to compare him to one of the greatest <laughs> players of all time as an expectation. I don't know what to you're To me, about. what's notable about that is that he had a significant amount of experience at the major league level and then a full off season and then started in the minor leagues and then came back up and was successful. And that's where, that's why I was frustrated by the lack of, I would have, I, my hope with a normal season without COVID would be that he would have done that last year. He would have spent a lot of time in the minors come up at the end of the year, seen major league pitching. And then this year, Probably started in the minors and just raked and just raked and then come up quickly and now and he'd be at this point now, but with that experience behind him and and I don't think he got. I mean, people keep saying, "Oh, well, they were getting as good of at bats as they could," but clearly it wasn't at the level. Seeing this, yeah, definitely makes me think that he should have been up with the M's last year during COVID. Because who cares? Yeah. You know, like, get him up, get his experience. Anyway, I don't know. That's that's how I felt at the time, and I'm not going to toot my... Like, I, I, I felt that way, but I'm uneducated. Like, I don't really have a good sense for what is the right thing to do in baseball. Yeah. So, if I turn out to have been right, it's pure luck. What were you not going <laughs> to toot? My own horn. Okay. <laughs> he's, he I'm just, not, not, not going to toot. I don't I'm know how many different things there were to toot, but you started that thought and then didn't oh, finish I'm it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna toot my. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying this like a ooh, I was right thing. It was just that like it's mostly a dark on it. it, When what could have been? When people are right as often as Andrew is right, you don't have to have these look. I was right moments. Everyone just knows. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. I thought he was just saying he wasn't gonna fart. I thought (laughs) it was just a random thing he was saying. (laughs) Thank you. He was just telling us about something and being like, "I'm not gonna toot." (laughs) This is an enclosed space, so I appreciate that. Especially after what Daniel did last week. <laughs> was that last week? Was that me? That was me. That was last week. Yeah, that was bad. Uh, you did apologize, though. <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> All right. We have more uh, great stuff uh, coming up. No, We're going to do kidding. a power we, we, ranking. We got power rankings. We got Justin's power yeah. ranking and the athlete of the week and local sports to get to next. So stick around after this break. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. I apologize to our sponsors, but I thought that song needed some really offbeat cowbell. (laughs) (laughs) The best part of that whole thing was the cameras just jumping and jumping the whole time. Oh, I was trying to do cowbell. Not going to lie, because I noticed that my water bottle kind of sounds cowbelly. And you have a fever. (laughs) It can only be quenched. Sorry. Let's get to Justin's power ranking of the week. You know what's funny about this power ranking this week? I thought 
Okay, I was... I did non-sports related the first two. I'm going to do something sports related. So I typed in at the top of the sheet, top five quarterback power ranking. And the reason I did that, because I don't know if you guys saw this story, but Michael Robinson, former fullback for the Seahawks, yeah. did a top five quarterbacks ranking. Okay. And Russell was not on it. Of course he was. And Matthew Stafford was. <laughs> So, <laughs> what? naturally, uh, Seattle media didn't ex- really like that in particular. Jay Keeps, who is a radio show guy for 710, he, he, he's on the Jake and Stacy show, and he also does like training in the offseason with Russ. He, he is Russ's quarterback guru. He and po- also his personal mouthpiece. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he, he tweeted, uh, Jake tweeted something like, well, Mike Robb, you should never make a list of quarterbacks again, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I kind of agree with him. Yeah, what so, the crap? So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a quarterback ranking, and I'm going to make it serious. I'm going to do a good job. And then I changed my mind. Yeah. So right now on this Good sheet, plan. it actually says top five quarterback power ranking. And then I have my five favorite ice cream flavors. <laughs> that. So the power ranking this week is oh, actually going to be I'm excited. top five ice cream flavors. Yes, I'm excited. There's five ice cream flavors? <laughs> We're going to power through them. Are you ready? Number yeah. five. Number five. <laughs> Numero cinco. I wish everyone could have experienced that the way that I did. Because the thing we've been doing on these power rankings is Andrew says number five, then Daniel says it in Spanish. And last week he said the wrong number on one of them and got really embarrassed. So this time I thought he wasn't going to say it, but I could see in his head he was counting to five in Spanish so he could remember that Cinco is five. Is that correct, Daniel? Did I see that right? Yes. Okay. And also worrying because I got it wrong last week. <laughs> and then that was the thing that popped into my head first. And I was number like, Quintoris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The number five ice cream flavor is chocolate. Okay. Yeah. That I'm is the flavor classic. of ice cream. Okay. I'm down with that. Yes. Number four. Number four. Numero cuatro. Chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Like, I like chocolate no injection chip cookie so dough. Far? Okay. No, no. So far, so good. All right. Number three. Number three. Numero tres. <laughs> Daniel is celebrating. I did it. Getting number three. <laughs> He's celebrating knowing that trace is three in Spanish. Number three is mint chocolate chip. Oh, see. I'm glad that's on your list because that might be my favorite. Is that mint ice cream with chocolate chips or is that... Some kind what? of ice cream with mint chocolate chips. No, it is mint ice cream uh, with chocolate chips. And there's a there's okay. a specific way that I like this because sometimes, actually often, if you buy mint chocolate chip ice cream, it has large chunks of chocolate yeah. and they're more spread out. I like the kind you can get, like Baskin Robbins is a really good example, where it has tiny chocolate chips, but there's tons of them. So okay. I, that's my favorite way to have it. And it's, I would also add mint chocolate chip is probably the most refreshing hot weather ice cream. Yeah. Uh, ooh, 
it's, it's up there. Vanilla would be another one that I would uh, say is a refreshing I was, hot weather. I was, I was gonna think like strawberry. Yeah, like fruit, some, yeah, fruity. Yeah, fruit. I was gonna disagree with you, but all of the things I was thinking aren't actually ice creams. They're like sorbets or something. No, like that's that. so, so that's Andrew. I, I, that's, so that's why I, I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh wait, yeah, actually, yeah, probably. Yeah. This is yeah, like when see. we were talking about pickles and whether we like pickles, and he was like, well, what kind of a vegetable are you pickling? <laughs> cucumbers, Andrew. Because when people say pickles, they're talking about pickled cucumbers. I don't remember Andrew doing that. He did. It sounds like something he would do. <laughs> cucumbers are like the worst kind of pickles, though. They're, they're so still good. It's Wait, a... they're the worst kind of pickles? Yeah. All pickles are good. I love pickled cucumbers. Pickled, pickled cucumbers, cucumbers. Pickled yes. cucumbers are good. Pickled uh, beets. Pickled beans. Pickled beets Pickled asparagus. Okay. Pickles. I don't really like pickled asparagus. I've never much. had pickled carrots. I just thought of that. I have had pickled carrots. I like cucumber. Cucumber. I. Cu- I can't talk. Number two. I win. Cucumbers better. <laughs> Number two. Numero dos. <laughs> cookies and cream. Love cookies and cream. Wait, what? Can you explain to me? I I know there's a difference. Usually, but can you explain the difference between cookies and cream and chocolate chip cookie dough? Yes. Yeah, so oh. chocolate chip cookie dough is like it has literally literal uncooked. Chunks dough and chunks and chocolate chips mixed in in a vanilla base usually. Get used cookies and cream is Oreo. Like oh, like imagine just a bunch of okay. cut up Oreo cookies and cream just gotcha. randomly spread out through it swirled in what would typically be a vanilla base as well. Okay. Uh, okay. I like I like uh chocolate chip mint or mint chocolate chip better than that, but uh, cookies and cream is good. Okay. I can't argue too much about this. You've picked good ones. Thank you. Number 1. Number one. Numero uno. Peanut butter and chocolate. And specifically, if you have not had the Tillamook brand peanut butter and chocolate ice cream, you're doing it wrong. It's the best. That does sound really good. That makes me wonder what ice cream brand has a deal with Reese's. Because there has to there be. There is a Reese's, Reese's one. Yeah. There has to be one, but I don't know. I think know it's Briars or uh, yeah, I think something. Yeah, right. And the Reese, but so there's a big difference between peanut butter and chocolate and Reese's because oh. Reese's, I, there are lots of kinds of peanut butter cup ice cream that is more like a vanilla ice cream with peanut butter cups in it yeah. or cut up peanut but butter cups in some kind like... of a chocolate swirl. I'm talking about chocolate ice cream with a peanut butter swirl. Yes. See, you you have just nailed this top Thank five, you. sir. Thank you. Like, I might put uh. mint chocolate chip higher, but... I thought you were going to go with something crazy with, like, so many nuts in it that you break a tooth while trying to eat it. Or... I almost put Rocky Road at five. See, because it's Rocky Road, like the original, yeah. <laughs> I would have been okay with that being number five. Okay, good. But you went with chocolate. Yeah. Which was a better choice. And you just nailed this. this I love all of these ice creams that Thank you, you have done. really good right now. Oh, my I've, God. I've really bounced back from the Stump Justin segment. I feel good. Andrew, are you? I don't like ice cream. No. <laughs> and, but I also, if I ha- if I'm it's having so ice funny. cream, I like ice cream with fruit, like any kind of fruit ice cream, better than any of the ones you've listed. See, I do like fruit ice cream too, but I do like all of the kinds that he listed. But I also like like a strawberry ice cream or something like that. Like I'm down. I would have been fine if one of those had made it in. I also like uh, sherbet, but that's not ice cream, right? Yeah. Which That's, is why I said I don't like ice cream. Yeah. Like I, I generally thing, speaking, I, I it's get the get the bleep button ready. <laughs> I do enjoy ice cream, 
I don't eat it very often. And if there's options that are cold and refreshing that aren't ice cream, I usually go for them. There's very few foods in the world that you're not allowed to dislike. <laughs> Bacon. <laughs> what if... Ice cream. What if you're Meredith? I can't think of any other ones! What if you're Meredith and it's an ice cream cake? <laughs> if you're allergic. <laughs> if you're allergic, it's it's different. It's okay, different. but also, I'm lactose intolerant, and I, I'm going to fight through it for ice cream. <laughs> the funny thing about Andrew is his dad might be, like, the biggest lover of ice cream of all time. Like... <laughs> Andrew, I've, I'm not gonna lie. If you want some I've ice cream, lost... I'm pretty sure like three out of four, or the three out of five of those top fives are probably up in the freezer if, right now. If you'd like am... some ice cream, all you need to do is get within earshot of dad and be like, "Are you hungry?" And he'll be like, "You know, ice cream sounds good." I mean, to be completely <laughs> honest, I just want this show to be over because I want to get the f out of Andrew's presence as fast as I can. This this is a, this is a. Very... I don't know why you're so mad that I'm willing to let you have more ice cream. There's enough ice cream for everyone, Andrew. <laughs> we can share. It brings us together. It's a unifying experience having ice cream together. You know what's really good? There's a gelato place in Ooh, Seaside. Gelato's delicious. So gel- I guess the, the only main difference between gelato and ice cream is the way they churn it makes it... Um, like gelato is more dense, I guess. Okay. okay. Um, I do like gelato better. I only know that because this gelato place has a sign on the wall that tells you here's the difference between gelato and ice cream and it gives you like all it tells and, you everything and but, so, and you just decided to barely look at it apparently. well no i read it but i just don't retain information very well he paid as about can, as much attention as he does to you uh, okay well, that's true uh but no so i there's a gelato place in seaside that whenever we go to basketball tournaments in seaside we always go there like literally every day so if we're there for three days we're going there three times it's nice. amazing good gelato is really good yeah yeah, because it's a good thing of something that's hard to be bad, yeah. right? Yes. Okay, enough of your top five, your power ranking of the week, <laughs> whatever it was, what's, whatever the name is. Now let's get to, uh, it is time for our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And this week, Justin, uh, we have a lot of them. And we are going to start athletes. out. Athletes. Yes, we have Athletes of the Week. So our Oli Penn Real Estate Athletes of the Week is the Monty Wrestling winners from this recent district tournament that was yesterday? Yes, it was Saturday, yeah. Gotcha. So, to me, this is... We've been feeling a little bad because, to be completely honest, we didn't really know whether or not wrestling season was happening because there was just no coverage of it. And there was a point a few weeks ago where Daniel said... It was like a pre-show or post-show. It was like... Is there wrestling going on? I haven't seen anything. And so we just, we've been going through not really knowing what was happening in wrestling. And then I was told last weekend, oh yeah, there's wrestling. There was a meet last Saturday and there was going to be the district meet coming up this coming Saturday, which was yesterday now. And I was like, okay, well, we need to figure out, um, you know, how we can get some coverage on this. So this is the first real reporting that I've done in quite a while. I love it. I actually had to figure out who was the coach of the team. And I thought it was this Jeff Klinger has been the coach of the team for a while. I thought he moved away. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't know that. I emailed the athletic director for Monty and asked who the wrestling coach was. And he told me it was Jeff. And I was like, probably should have known that. So anyway, I know Jeff, Jeff's a good dude. So I was able to message him and get a bunch of information from him. It's been a really difficult season for wrestlers because the guidelines that they had to follow as I guess 
the WIAA slash the government determined that wrestling was the most dangerous sport for COVID, even though that doesn't completely make sense to me. But these wrestlers had to get tested twice a week just to participate in their sport. That's crazy. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So it's been a difficult season. Were the schools paying for that? I'm assuming so. But also because of that, a lot of schools decided, no, we're not going to do wrestling this year. And a lot of individual wrestlers just decided, now we're going to skip it this year. Wow. So even now at the district meet, there was only six teams that participated in our district of the two leagues combined. So the, the kids who did this had to really, you know, fight through a lot of adversity and anxiety of constantly, you know, wrestlers already have the anxiety of weight classes and your diet and everything and how you can fit in because there's a limit on how many varsity wrestlers you can have per weight class and everything. So there's all these different things they have to worry about. There's all this built in anxiety, physical anxiety, mental anxiety. And then on top of that, they have to worry about getting tested twice a week and some of the test results are coming up inconclusive and so people are missing wrestling events and not getting to participate because not they haven't even tested positive so it's been a really trying season but these kids uh you know they really fought through it montesano's team ends up winning the team uh winning the overall team championship for the district and the first place wrestlers um you know jeff and i just kind of agreed Hey, we don't really want to, this has been a great season for all these kids. We don't want to pick one or two. Let's just all the kids who finish first, they'll be the athlete of the week together. So, in the 120 pound weight class, Jacob Salstrom, in the 132 pound weight class, Cole Eckerson, in the 138 weight class, Cooper Johansson, in the 145 weight class, Ty Eckerson, which is Cole's older brother, in the 170 weight class, Brandon Kroger, and uh, then in the 182 weight class, we have Connor Hollitz. And finally, in the 195 weight class is Mateo Sanchez. So seven wrestlers from Monty that finished in first. And when we do our roundup, we'll run through all the others that placed. Elma participated as well, and they had some winners. But huge congratulations to those kids who got out there and wrestled. Um, I do have a quote from Jeff that about how he thought the season went and how the district thing went. He said, I'm very proud of the whole team, but particularly the seniors. They did not get to fulfill their state dreams. But I thought they performed exceptionally well yesterday, considering the extremely short season. So that was the other thing. You know, all the sports had condensed seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling was no exception to that. But normally, between like the ramp up and the workouts and everything, they'd have three full months for their season from beginning to end. And this time they had six weeks, which is what most sports did. But a lot of the other sports bled over into their season. So kids that were participating in other sports that were doing postseason activities missed a week of wrestling. So for a lot of them, they only had five weeks to do this. So um, yeah, huge congratulations to those kids for being our athletes of the week for finishing first in the district. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of familiar names there as well. I mean, these are a bunch of kids that I feel like we've talked about a decent Mm -hmm. amount of them before at different times. I think there's only one that I didn't really recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, But most of these kids, uh, we know... From seeing them around in the community, we've talked about them before, and all we hear is uh, amazing things about how all of these kids work um, with whatever sport they're playing at the time and whatever they're doing. So, yeah, Jacob Sahlstrom, Cole Eckerson, Cooper Johansson, Ty Eckerson, Brandon Kroger, Connor Hollitz, and Mateo Sanchez. Uh, well done, not only for winning your district tournament, which is as sadly as far as you get to go this year, but also sticking through just this incredibly tough season of having to work through that where it seems like you guys have obviously been put through 
way more than any other kids playing whatever sport so far this year. It's I been mean, crazy. That's just, that's just from my perspective. I've watched a lot of basketball. Yeah, I can't really see the difference between what the basketball players are doing than what the wrestlers are doing. There's close contact, at least in wrestling. It's one-on-one close contact. In basketball, I just watched a play this past weekend where eight players were diving on the floor after a ball, like all on top of each other. I, I'm happy that we're playing basketball, but it's hard for me to wrap my brain around why wrestling had all these extra regulations that basketball didn't. I'm glad that they were able to get out there, and I'm glad that they were able to play, and I know that everything's not going to be perfect, and it's, it's just got to be difficult for these kids to look across the gym and see these basketball players that aren't having to go through all the same things that they are. So, I mean, that makes me have so much more respect for what they did to fight through and finish the way they did. Absolutely. It's, wrestling is will make you tough in yeah. multiple ways now, apparently. And, I mean, the way they train, I mean... All I can say is maybe that prepared them to go through the added adversity because they train their butts off. Um, so, yeah, those they are our Oli Penn Real Estate Athletes of the Week. Also, we have another Athlete of the Week because, mm-hmm. holy crap, she's already been an Athlete of the Week at one point, and I'm sure she'll just flood us with stats again next year as well. That is because junior Kyra Gardner uh, just went nuts this week, and <laughs> it was... It wasn't part of the plan, but when you do what she did, yeah, you don't really have a choice. I, I just don't. I don't. I'll just say it. I told you pre-show, Daniel. I hadn't planned on this going in with another athlete of the week besides the Monty wrestlers. But as I was typing in all the stuff for the roundup, I was like, "Man, last week we already did this thing where we didn't give Kyra the athlete of the week, and then we looked at her stats, and it was like, oh dang, how did we not do that? <laughs> we can't do it again." <laughs> Monday, in a win over Chief Leshai, Kyra had 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. She followed that up on Wednesday in a win over Forks with 22 points, 8 rebounds, 8 steals, and 6 assists. (laughs) And she she capped off her week in a huge blowout over North Beach, which is a school that's a class higher than Raymond. No, actually, they're both 2B. Never mind. Yeah, (laughs) I messed that up. Uh, In a huge win over... North Beach, she had 32 points, six rebounds, six steals. Jeez. What I love about seeing <laughs> this particular, these stat lines for Kyra. Did we decide it's Kyra, not Kira? Kyra? Uh, I've been calling her Kyra the whole time. I'm going to feel I, bad if I've got it wrong here. I hope. <laughs> I think last week as I was listening back, you called her Kyra and I called her Kira. So one way or the other, we've got it right. Okay. But um, looking at these stat lines, we've seen lots of really good scorers. She's been a great scorer since she was a freshman. Also, one mark of her... I mean, she plays defense. There's always steals up there. Mm-hmm. I'm just noticing the assist numbers like crazy this year. Yeah. To have 25 points and 11 assists in a game, you're, you're accounting for such a ridiculous amount of points in that game. So she is not only has the ability to put the ball in the hoop, but she's also using her passing ability and attracting attention to recognize how she can use her ability to free up her teammates and get them involved in the game. So to me, that's like the ultimate player you want to play with. Absolutely. I mean, she has just been completely dominant throughout this entire season so far. And it is fun to see those added stats because like you mentioned, we see great scorers all the time, but she is turned into a complete player that does everything. Uh, 
scoring, obviously, getting your team involved with the assists, playing good defense with the steals, and also the dirty work, grabbing boards, because you have to get down in there and make that extra effort yeah. to go grab rebounds. And if you're grabbing 11, 8, six rebounds a game you're not just doing that on offense or defense you're doing it on both ends of the court so i i love to see how she's just stuffing the stat sheet i have a goofy smile on my face right now because yeah, i have a <laughs> I have a vague memory in my head of last sometime last season when we named kyra the athlete of the week and we said her name wrong and i think somebody went on social oh, media shoot. and told us no, this is how you pronounce oh, it. No. So I think we've already been corrected once, but I don't remember what's right. So now I feel like a real jerk. Anyway, what's going to happen is you're going to make this YouTube video. You're going to post it. The Raymond people always notice when we Good. post people from Raymond. Somebody is going to comment and tell us the the appropriate pronunciation of Kyra's name. Please do. Please do. And Please we apologize uh, for not knowing. Keep telling us. <laughs> Until we get it, please. We're never going to get it. You're just going to have to keep telling us. Either way. probably assign someone to just message Justin every Either week. way, Gardner is our athlete of the week. Yes. And Congratulations. she has been so good. She's just a junior, so we're expecting to see it for a long time to come. She's Next year when thi- awesome. in the winter when things are normal, I would really like to go to Raymond and watch a game. Yes. Same here. Yeah. All right, those are our athletes of the week. Thank you again to our sponsor, Oli Penn Real Estate, for sponsoring that segment. Now let's get into uh, local sports roundup. Andrew, if you want to hit the the music bed, if you please. On the boys' basketball side, it was kind of a light week because Hoquiam ended up having to shut down their program uh, because of COVID concerns. Actually, shut down the whole school. They went to distance learning for COVID reasons, but we did have some action. Montesano, which is without its best player, Trace Ridgeway, also because of COVID concerns, lost to Elma on Tuesday, 62-43. to Derek Ritchie, did I say that right, Daniel? I, I think it's Derek. Okay, Derek Ritchie had 25 points and 11 rebounds for Elma in that game. Hoquiam did play on Tuesday. I believe that was the last game they played, and they beat Tenino 60-46. to uh, Also in boys' hoops, Willapa Valley beat Mossy Rock 63-58. to Tyler Adkins had 27 points, nailing six three-pointers for Valley in that game. Monty beat tonight, or excuse me, Monty fell to Tonino 38 to 41 on Friday. That loss gave Hoquiam the league title. Elma can be the top playoff seed with a win over Tonino on Monday. So yeah, kind of a weird sputtering way for the Evergreen 1A boys basketball season to end. But basically, even with the forfeits at the end of the season, because Monty lost, Hoquiam will be the champions, and Elma has a chance to be the top seed in whatever district crossover games they're going to play. Moving on to girls' hoops on Monday, Aberdeen beat Centralia 58-49. Maddie Gore had 19 points and three three three-pointers in that game. Also on Monday, Hoquiam beat Tahola 66-30. Sherea Bryden, this is a name we're getting really used to seeing a lot in hoops this season. 20 points on 7-for-9 shooting for the Grizzlies. Yeah, both of those players are excellent. Sharia has been showing it. She is a senior now, and she has had an excellent high school basketball career. Maddie Gore, I believe, is a sophomore. And she, either way, she's a younger player, and she has just been excellent 
at, since she has started playing varsity hoops for the Aberdeen Bobcats. So expect more from her. We already mentioned uh, the performance in this game. Raymond beat Chief Leshai 78-29. Gardner had all of those amazing stats. All the we, stats. All the stats. Monty beat Elma 46-21 on Tuesday. And Paige Leishernis had 10 points and 9 rebounds. On Wednesday, Raymond beat Forks 56-27. Gardner, again, all the stats in that game. <laughs> and on Thursday, Monty beat Tenino 45-36. And with that win, because Tenino is also good, Monty clinched the league title. This Bulldogs girls team is excellent. Paige Leisterness had 14 points and 16 rebounds Woo! in that game I love for it. the Bulldogs. Love it. Willapa Valley also on Thursday took down Three Rivers Christian 43 to 22. Cami Swartz had 22 points, and then on Friday Raymond had 74 to North Beach's 18, and Kyra Gardner again all the stats. Now we can move on to Justin. Did you want to mention the uh, other wrestlers? who also placed in that district? Yes, I do. Okay, so we had at that district boys wrestling meet, we already mentioned all the kids who finished first, but there was a bunch of other placers from Monty and Elma. So I'm gonna run through those real quick. Monty's top four finishers that were not first place were Jesse Hollitz, who finished third in the 120 pound weight class, Carson Lane, who finished third in the 132 weight class, Reed Pace, who finished second to his own teammate, in the 138 weight class. Jared Wisenhunt, second in the 152. Lucas Sahlstrom, fourth in 160. Kaya Roundtree, second in 170. And Enrique Mendoza, third in the 182 pound weight class. And then on the Elma side, all the placers in the top four. Uh, we have Jordan Meadows, who finished second in 106. Joey De La Fuenta, who finished fourth in the 120. Kale Reeves finished first in the 126 weight class. Jameson Carroll finished third in the 126 weight class. Xander, oh boy, oh. Sire Shartman, I'm so sorry, I know that I messed that up and I should, my last name's Damashevitz, so I should be able to get these things down. But Xander finished third in the 152 pound weight class. Tay Lassard, fourth in the 152 pound weight class. Lawrence Van Fossen finished fourth in the 182 weight class, and Aiden McCain second in the 195. There was a theme here with Elma there in the higher weight classes. They performed really, really well. Um, Austin Salazar won the 220 pound weight class, and Donovan Bishop finished second in the 285 pound weight class. Thank you for going through all those. Notice yes. how I let you do the rest of because I knew it was going to be <laughs> that was going to be a lot. So Happy I, to help out. I appreciate that. Also in boys swimming Thursday in a dual meet, Aberdeen and Shelton both had 75. Hoquiam had 15. Hoquiam only has a couple of swimmers, I believe. Yeah, two. Russell Bates won the 50-yard free, and Tyler Bates won the 100 backstroke for Aberdeen. Zach Parker won the 100 butterfly for Hoquiam. The Bobcats also won two of the three relay races, the 200 medley and the 200 free relays. And I think that is going to do it Whew. for our local sports roundup. Wow, we got a lot. That's that was good. Yeah. Well, that's going to be one good of stuff. our last local sports roundups of this season. I think next week's going to be our last one. We'll oh. have whatever playoff basketball is happening next week. Wrestling is over. I don't know what's left with swimming, but there's not going to be much more high school sports going on here this year. Yeah, that's what sad. are we going to talk about all summer? Summer Definitely. football? Oh, no. We'll Definitely. talk about Daniel's championship three-on-three -three men's <laughs> basketball team. You guys are going to get a lot of play. Yeah. Uh, maybe 
more than our softball team, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you guys might be doing the podcast without me for a while, too. You know, I'm, I'm going to be due for some time off here in a bit. Oh, are you taking FMLA from the podcast? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I my Take gosh. some family medical leave. Yes. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break and be back for the mailbag. The team of realtors at OliPen Real Estate wish you and your family good health during this stay home, stay safe time. Their team has health and safety measures in place to protect you and everyone involved in the process. If you're thinking about selling your home, now is a great time. There are more buyers than available homes. Many homes are still receiving multiple offers and are selling for above asking price. OliPen Real Estate will help you put the most money possible in your pocket, in less time, without the hassle. Visit SellMyHarborHome.com to get your home market ready. The Oli Pen team is ready to work for you. Daniel, the I have good mail news. Bag. Oh. Yes, the mailbag. Send us your stuff. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. I, I, I knew it was going to be a race, and I was trying to be like, Daniel, I have good news, like really quick. <laughs> I but Andrew was, was so it. quick on the trigger. I knew it was going to play it. The I Mariners was... won. They held Woo! on to win, which means that they are 500 right now. And get this, only two and a half games out of the wild card. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting emotional, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, well played. Is this sir. too early to look at wildcard standings? Uh, yes. Until Jared Kelnick starts hitting dingers. Okay, so we cupcakes. We have a few mailbag questions. We have two that are less heavy and one that's very heavy. So I'm going to let you we choose. Have a heavy one? Kind of. Like, look at these three. The top one. Okay. No, I'm not going to say it out loud, but the top okay. one is a discussion yeah the right. other That's two are less of a discussion and more light and fun so one of these we'll do two of them and one of them they're going to be separated one you will know, do next week one will do this week that, you want to do the one serious discussion one almost would be a great thing to have a guest to talk about with or something I don't want other people's opinions. Okay. I only want mine. <laughs> just, I just, that's just a big, that's a, like a, that's a uh, large discussion topic. It is. Yeah. And due to time constraints to which Andrew and I are already late for, I think that we should go with the two <laughs> other ones. I've got one for that. I, feel I would bad. be shocked. Shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I feel bad for you that you're going to be late to whatever your thing is. I don't feel bad for Andrew because he was late here. So. <laughs> That's accurate. Okay, we'll go with this question from Ryan. What new rec league sport should be introduced to the harbor? Oh, new rec league sport. Does that mean that isn't being played now? That or? Is, or I feel like we already answered this one at some point. Did we? We talked about it. We talked about it. But I must yeah. have been off air. Yeah, that was off air. So is it, like Andrew said, is it new as in not being played now or new hasn't yeah, been played in the harbor before? Because all three of us went to the same spot in our minds immediately. Yeah. Let's bring the flag football league back. <laughs> yes, we yeah. can have more fights. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I want to know is why is there more fights in flag football than like rec basketball? Well, I don't understand that. Is it the refing overall control of the of the field? Like, is there less control? It's harder to control yeah. the whole field than yeah. it is a basketball court? I think, Possibly. I mean, if I'm being Just honest, I think up. that the reason is because some of the teams didn't play it like it was a non-contact sport. They played it like it was a full-contact football sport when it was not supposed to be. Exactly. So that led to a lot more physical, physical aggression, which led to a lot more anger. Because, you know, like, as a football player... When you're playing tackle football, you have to, like, you have to change your mindset to, like, aggressiveness. Yeah. Um, and violence. This is one thing that Hutton, when we talked to Hutton Napier about, I think he said you have to play with like 
eight seconds of rage or something. Like he yeah. said, yeah. every single snap you have to be able to flip a switch in your head. And for that, for all the time that that play is going on, you have to play with full rage and aggression. And flag football was supposed to be like non-contact basketball, set screens, no blocking, no tackling. Wasn't that way. Yeah, that's true. So I, th- I would say that's the reason why. And that is, I believe, the reason why it was eventually canceled was because there was just too many problems. Absolutely. So probably not flag football. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee was fun. Oh, Ultimate that Frisbee would be good. And That'd that wasn't like a city league sport. Like we had some buddies who started that. And yeah. I thought that was fun. And that got a little... You got some physical play every now and then, but I think because it wasn't a bunch of football players getting into that mindset yeah. and it wasn't that sport that those it was more like when you'd get into a dispute on a basketball court. Yeah. That's what it felt like. I also We're, think in the in the Ultimate Frisbee League that we played in, there was some it was all new and things were still being worked out. So there was a lot of debate over what the rules should be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. how much physical play should you have? What you sh- what should you be allowed to do? And I think if there was like a clear rule book set from the beginning that this is what's allowed, this is not, here's how we're going to enforce it. It would be a lot easier in Ultimate Frisbee to prevent those kind of things yeah. from happening. What about like seven on seven football? Like, I feel like that's a thing that's becoming more and more... Like, uh, tackle football? I'm not even I sure don't if they even play know tackle. If they play like, tackle. have you seen... I don't... I, so, I so keep like seeing, like... Yeah, but it's like... I think it's too untouched, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, and, and it's... I keep seeing, like, young kids at, like, these all-star type things, and they have, like, these scrum hats on. Is that what those are called? Are those called scrum, scrum caps? caps. Yeah, caps, yeah. yeah. And they got, like, these rugby-type helmets on, but they're they're just caps, like padded caps. And I see them playing, like, seven-on-seven seven football. Yeah. I feel seven like seven-on-seven seven seven is, is big, getting more and more popular. It's a big part of what football players now do for training during yeah. the offseason. They play in seven-on-seven seven tournaments. I don't know what the real difference would be between that and the flag football league though. I don't there's know no rush Except at all. There's no rush or running game, right? There's With no, seven on seven. Well, there was no running game in our flag football league. You either. could run, right? No, you could not run in ours. Oh. In your intramural league at college, you could run. I remember oh, okay. you guys telling me about that. But in our, in our rec flag football league, you couldn't move past the line of scrimmage unless you received a forward pass. Yeah. But then you could also then throw it forward again. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. But I think if I there's like, no rush, because I feel like the rush is what also gave some of that aggression oh, in our flag absolutely. football. I feel like seven on seven. My only experience personally with seven on seven is playing with when back when Daniel and I were playing on the Bearcats, and it was very it was all about routes. Like so it was yeah. just you had to run your route and win. Yeah. And does the quarterback have a timer then? How do uh, yeah, you, I don't know. Because you can't Maybe. just let the quarterback sit at, sit there until somebody's open. Yeah, Maybe you're there's right. like a three second timer or that something. That would make you sense. Throw the ball. That'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Uh, what about uh, what about slam ball? Yes, I would be injured so fast. Same here. My knee would like <laughs> explode. My legs would be like in different pieces. But dang, that. In be case fun. anybody doesn't know, slam ball <laughs> is a basketball game played on a court of trampolines. And it's awesome. <laughs> I've never played it, but it looks <laughs> it amazing. Looks, it looks so. I cool. did though. They have like a um, at what used to be called Boom Shaka, and I think they changed the name of it, but I don't remember. Yeah. But we went there, and they have basketball hoops with trampolines that you jump on and you try to dunk. Yeah. And it's a lot 
harder to get it just right than I thought it was going to be. Like eventually when you practice it after a while, it gets easy. But at first I was like, oh, I'm just going to be able to bounce off this trampoline and dunk. And it was way harder without figuring out exactly the right way to do it. Yeah. I had the same problem. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What else? My, I don't think that there is, I don't think if you tried to start it, you wouldn't have people to play in it, but it, a, a really cool rec sport would be a sevens club, a r- rugby sevens club. Yeah, I would love to play sevens. And that'd rugby. be more regional than like a local rec. Uh, yeah, rec organization or like, like in a, a city league. I'll be honest, the rec sport league that I would be most likely to participate in at this point in my life is probably cribbage. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd participate in a cribbage league. That's not a sport. Ooh. Ooh. But you could play golf. Tomato, potato, tomato, potato. You could play golf. That'd I can play fun. golf. You could also join Francis I'm and real do bad frisbee golf. golf. Yeah, he lives to froth. That's true. Yeah. We need to do that. Like we one do. of these days we're going to stop talking about it. We're actually going to froth with Francis. We do need to We'll make a video <laughs> about it called Froth with Francis. Should we How about Saturday? What, like this coming Saturday? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's busy. I don't, I, don't, I can't commit to anything. I don't know what my, my schedule is. <laughs> Andrew, well, I can't you, commit to anything. You can't commit to even Neither being, can I. can't even commit anyway. to being here on time. <laughs> well, I can commit to it, but I can't do it. <laughs> All right. One more question real quick. This one from Lindsay. If you could play baseball with any team, past or present, who would it be and why? 95 Mariners. That's my. I, I'm quick. not a. I'm not a quote baseball fan unquote. So that team is the team that I remember from my childhood. It has all the names that I remember listening to. It, that, that, for me, it's easy. That's really the only team that I'm like, oh yeah, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I think I would. I would. That would be my quick one too. Um, I'm trying to think of. 2001 would have been a fun group to play with, I feel like. Watching Ichiro do all of those things completely differently than people thought they could be done at the time. Um, the Red Sox team that broke the curse, Ooh, that was a crazy group of guys. I think that one would have to be way up there, too. How about now's San Diego Padres? <laughs> that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. That's true. That's a good one. Also, I'd li- I'd really like to go play on a competitive baseball team with my brother, because we never played. We played on a city league baseball team together, but that mm-hmm. was it. That was the only hard ball team we got to play with. So the the twenty nineteen goals is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that only lasted for two weeks. What what year that was, was that? Though? That was in twenty nineteen. Jeez, that was that was like longer ago. Twenty sixteen. That was yeah, like yeah. twenty sixteen somewhere <laughs> in there. Um, maybe twenty fifteen. Anyway, I would I'd probably say the his his junior year baseball team was pretty good at Hoquiam or I would go play at Grace I would shift when I played at Grace Harbor to play with Oh yeah, that'd with be cool. him. That'd be really neat. And probably I think our teams I can't remember if my team was better than his team, but whichever one of us had a better team, I would transplant to that. It would hard. It would be really hard for me to choose any team that's not the 2001 Mariners because that was the. I, that's the easiest choice in the world, and I feel like such a loser for choosing it. But that was the year that made me love baseball so much. Like I was, I didn't live here in '95. I liked the Mariners, and I, I I have good memories about all those things that happened. But 2001 was right after I moved here, and 
you know, like you mentioned, Daniel, watching Ichiro do things in a new way, watching this record-breaking team. And I I went to like seven games that year, which is by far and away wow. the most I've ever been to. And I legitimately... Did they win every game uh, that you went to? Pretty close. They might have lost one. Because it felt like they won every game yeah. the whole season. Like, it was nuts. Well, but then the other thing was, like, I, and this, I, it was a unique experience because I was homeschooled and I could, you know, more or less schedule my days around when the Mariners play. I didn't miss a game. I probably watched 120 games that year. Like, basically from beginning to end. And the ones that I didn't watch, I listened on the radio. I was thoroughly engaged in what was going on with the Mariners that season. So, to me, I think that would probably be it. That checks out. All right. That's going to do it for our show today. So, for my co-host, Justin, living in the red rainbow raid warrior. He's not in the dookie zone, sadly. Domasheves. (laughs) (laughs) And my co-host, Dan the Stumper. stop taking... Get Dan out of there. Dan the Stumper. You're not Stumpy Dan anymore. You're Stumper Dan. (laughs) Stumper Dan Hargrove. And our trusty producer, Andrew the Ice Cream Hater. Gross. I'm literally leaving as fast as I can right now because I can't be around Andrew anymore. (laughs) Listening to the scrimmage.